0: Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer
1: Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi.
0: Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and curious individuals. And of course, utmost respect to all of you. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. This time, I've got the great pleasure to talk to our own developer
1: advocate, Andrew Barnes. How are you, Andrew? Oh, I'm doing delightful today, Chuck. Um, I'm super excited to be here with you on Breakpoint for the second time. Yes, you are our first two-timer. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: first repeat. Congratulations. After, and it's only been 16 episodes, so I look forward to talking to you even more. Now, we just had our early access release as we record this yesterday. So everything here is new again, although we've been kind of sneak peeking it for a couple of months before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who might have missed you on the first episode.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, yep, my name is Andrew Barnes, and I'm a developer advocate here at ServiceNow, along with you, of course, Chuck. And my my role uh, here at ServiceNow is to help uh, you know maintain that relationship between ServiceNow, the company, and our developer ecosystem, um, and you know provide information flow and enablement between them. And then for me, I've been doing uh, IT and development uh, for over 20 years. Um, I worked for a really long time at a research one university in North Carolina, um, teaching computer science, and then working in the central IT, um, maintaining and running enterprise application systems. And when we acquired ServiceNow uh, as a product, um, I stopped doing anything but ServiceNow because uh, I was so excited uh, to to join in on ServiceNow. I just dumped everything else and said, I'm a ServiceNow person. Uh, and that has led me from that customer to being an implementation partner to another customer and now here at ServiceNow. That's kind of
0: the way I felt too in the last year and a half, two years at my old company. Like, this is all I'm doing now. This is it. I found I found my calling in life. <laughs> I,
1: I found my thing. This is this is my thing, I, and I love it so much. ServiceNow, uh, you know, I saw the power of the platform early on, um, and even you know was uh, you know evangelizing it to the rest of the enterprise applications folks at my university. Um, so, for example, when we were looking for a, a platform to build a new app on. Um, they didn't at first consider ServiceNow. They were like, that's not a development platform. And I was like, no, you're wrong. It's a development platform. <laughs> Who <laughs> wants to have a bake-off? <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I got to the point where I, real quick, I said, I would never want to write PHP again.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. The number of PHP apps and things we had at the university was so high. it was so high
0: yep now when you explain your job do you say i i I often say i'm in that sweet spot between the developers and i listen to what they need and want and i take that to the product management teams and the product management teams give me information about new products that are coming out and i share that with the developers i'm in this great middle spot and then i think of milton on office space
1: (laughs) i go i've got my red stapler and um i'm the interface between the the product managers and the developers. And yeah, I, that that comes to mind for me occasionally as well. But it's really true um, because you know most product managers aren't developers um, at heart, even ones that are developing. uh, You know, uh, the, our pro dev tools are not. They don't have a history of being developers, and so when they're speaking to our customer developers, uh, the language that those Folks are using and and the greater context outside of that one product manager's tool, um, you know, sometimes really benefits from having one of us there to uh, talk to them and uh, you know really tease out the information mm-hmm. that the developers trying to convey to the product manager and vice versa. Uh, so so it is it's it's a lot of fun uh, to do this because we get to talk to so many of you, our service now. Uh, developers out there in the, in the ecosystem. And that's my favorite.
0: I love it. Yeah. It's, it it really is a lot of fun and enjoy it. I look forward to getting back together in person real soon too. So whenever that blessed day comes.
1: (laughs) Uh, Not traveling at all uh, for uh, almost a year now. So I think February, uh, early February was the last time that I left my city. Um, to, to go to a ServiceNow developer meetup. I'm having
0: dreams about traveling again. <laughs> not always pleasant experiences, but they are dr- it's like hey, I went on a plane last night.
1: <laughs> when you're not at work, what do you enjoy doing? So I like to um, so the the main thing that I do uh, outside of work uh, most nights is I will play video games. So I like board games and computer video games, and I have been playing those for a really long time. And then outside of uh, gaming, I like to uh, read books and sail. So I like to go sailing. Uh, it's, it's my favorite uh, outdoor thing to do uh, because I like wind and I like going fast. And <laughs> therefore, sailing is a natural result of those things.
0: What is the current video game you're playing and the latest
1: board game you played? Uh, The latest board game I played was right here behind me, which was Terraforming Mars, uh, which is just a lot of fun. Um, We recently just got into a little expansion uh, for it and I really enjoy that game. And then the current video game I'm playing is uh, Path of Exile, which is a um action um, what is it called it's like an action rpg uh in the diablo um arena
0: is that uh on a console or on your computer
1: uh it's on a computer but it uh, they also have it for consoles as well all right. But I play it on PC.
0: I assume it's multiplayer, so people can come and find and shoot you.
1: Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> okay. it is. It is a it, it's a multiplayer game, but you're fighting against the monsters and not other players. So you can join up with other players and uh fight against the monsters. Uh, I have a lot of fun because it's a it's a loot-based system. You get lots of loot, and <laughs> and that's how you you play the game. Love is you it. is is you get lots of loot.
0: Speaking of loot. We had a recent Quebec release, so we got lots of new loot.
1: Man, that <laughs> is so true. That's a terrible Quebec segue, release. but I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is like a work explosion of a, a treasure chest of all sorts of wonderful things for our developers. Well, and our there. view and is
0: our view is right on the 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 platform stuff. I mean, there's still tons of stuff in ITSM and customer and employee workflows. It's it's crazy, but we get we get kind of this platform view where we see things like AI search is new in Quebec. And that's gonna penetrate all over the place. Uh so really looking forward to seeing some of the stuff come to life. L- let's let's start with your favorites list. What's what's Ooh, at my the favorites list? I know it's hard to decide among your children of which is a favorite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the one I'll probably spend the most time uh talking on, and I'll circle back to it, is UI builder um, but 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 my, but my favorite child right now is actually uh, script tracer tell me about so, script tracer so script tracer is uh, another in a series of the enhancements for developers specifically um, and what it does is it allows you to um, you know see all of the engine transactions that are going on during the execution. So if you're familiar with some of the debugging tools that we already have, like uh, breakpoints and the script debugger, um, this is the next tier past that. So with a breakpoint, you have to know which script you want to monitor, and then you can go start from there. Um, But lots of times you don't know which thing is actually causing the unexpected behavior. And as a developer, that's super frustrating uh, because you know what the outcome you want is and you know what you've added, but you don't know why you're not getting the correct outcome. And if it's something that's happening um, in another place in the platform than you've recently touched, um, you, you're you just not, you can't be familiar with everything. And so the script tracer allows you to say, turn on script tracing and then uh, perform your execution and it will show you Every bit of the platform that interacted with that execution, um, so it'll show you all of the scripts um, that were hit along the way, and allow you to open them and then set breakpoints with those and get to um, where you think the problem is and and narrow down that inspection really fast. And I'm so excited about it because. In my ServiceNow career, this would have saved me uh, weeks of uh, accumulated time had I had this in the past.
0: That's the one frustration about this job: is where was this when I was doing implementations? <laughs> <laughs> now so I, that that's is, my favorite, I, I I take a look at this as we you mentioned tools we've had in the past, uh, like debug business rules you turn that on and you can see what business rules were hit you could even go to the details of what fields changed and what values and i went in this one and came out of that one and and but that was purely business rule focused this goes into the script includes that are called in there uh, does it also yeah, do so client this it'll, it'll it sur- chain of
1: yep. anything that flows from those business rules so like it could be a script include it could be invoking a flow it you know, it could be any of the engines that are uh, running or invocable from uh, any of the the things that hit your record. Does it do client? Is it
0: is it tracking client side stuff?
1: Uh, it shouldn't be tracking any client side stuff because this is a server side. Um, okay. Part. So, so no, it should it shouldn't be any client side.
0: It's stuff. really about w- w- the example that I did for my first time out of the gate was, let's turn it on. And let's go update an incident and watch what happens. And you would be surprised at how much app happens when you just click, you know, change the short description and hit update. <laughs> there's, there's
1: a oh, lot yeah. of stuff. Uh, and- so so much stuff runs. Um, you <laughs> When you start doing that on any of the task-based ones that have SLAs, you'll see the number of executions <laughs> that involve the updating those SLAs. There's what? a lot of work that goes to keep the SLA uh, information fresh. Script Tracer, top of the list. All right. Top of the list. And then, uh, you know, circling back, like I said, to UI Builder. um, UI Builder, uh, well, we're going to do in the past when you're listening to this podcast, (laughs) uh, but you can go back and listen to it. So our first Quebec uh, YouTube uh, Live Coding Happy Hour will be uh, today, in fact.
0: January 22nd of 2021. So depending on when you're listening to this, you want to go back there. Brad and Andrew are going to be doing UI Builder, getting into that. Take a look; you've got to see this. It's you know we we had UI Builder to build homepages and uh, what do we call landing pages? Landing landing pages, pages yep. in the past for Workspace. So this is all around the new UI, the the now experience, the Workspace UI. What are some of the things you can do with UI Builder in Orlando? Uh, Orlando,
1: Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. Uh, it's almost like it's a completely different tool. Um, There is so much stuff you can do uh, now with this UI builder. um, And it's really starting to complete our vision uh, for what, for what ServiceNow is trying to do uh, with our next generation of building uh, great customer experiences. Um, So UI builder allows you to start making those experiences. So uh, the old UI Builder, for example, like you said, just allows you to make landing pages inside workspaces, whereas the new UI Builder allows you to make workspaces themselves mm-hmm. and standalone pages. Um, so you can build things like portal pages um, and workspaces and and build total experiences um, with UI Builder. And there is just... It is so jam packed full of features um, that that it's hard to, to describe it without showing it, uh, which is why I'm super excited about uh, the show this afternoon, where we'll actually get to see it and and play with it. Um, but uh, to go into a little bit of the features, um, so when you're creating pages, for example, um, you can start with. a a page for your experience for your users. And then as you realize that you have different um, rolled users or different groups that need a slightly different experience, you can make page variants Um, and they'll stay related to each other and you can give the users the same endpoint, and they'll get a different experience based off those different page variants.
0: So kind of like views and view rules in a way.
1: In a way, yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, but but the, definitely the next tier from that because sure. the page could almost look nothing like the previous one.
0: Yeah, it's not just um, the same information from the same table rearranged. This is different data visualizations, different layouts, different... Different components Absolutely. on that page. And and talk about the components. We've, we've got even more components than, I mean, we've been building this library for what, about four or five releases now? It's, it's getting crazy big. So less it need to build getting. custom components, but I'm sure some people will want to build custom components and we can do that as well.
1: Yeah. So we are um, with the Quebec release and uh, over at developer.servicenow.com. yeah i had it here (laughs) All right, my
0: ipad went to sleep on me
1: oh that's okay um we have got our component uh list there which you can see um and engage with and uh, i really love the playground there uh, for interacting with those components but with the quebec release as you said we have uh uh previously in paris i think we had 30 ish components that were uh Able to be public facing, and um, most of those were able to be used in UI Builder. Um, with Quebec, it's over a hundred uh, components now are available to to use in UI Builder, and that really uh, is is a, a game changer. Uh, so um, I haven't. So you and I have been working on building some uh, with with some partners some. Applications that are using UI Builder mm-hmm. uh, to build those experiences, and we haven't we haven't created a single custom component for those. Really?
0: So, okay. I I. You know what? You're right. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but it's, and and what they're turning out
1: is beautiful. Absolutely. So we you know we had uh, designs, and we're fulfilling all of those designs with those out of box components. Um, and then you know just configuring those and adjusting them. Um, so another thing in UI Builder is, uh, and I won't go too far into it, um, but our data brokers um, mm-hmm. allow you to you know retrieve data from the server, uh, do transforms on it, and then present that to your components uh, for them to leverage uh, so they can you know display information and uh, build that experience for that user. And, oh, what else? I look forward UI to Builder? seeing
0: that. that, that uh, I know you can get down into the weeds on UI Builder with some of the configuration and customization that you do to these. I've seen people massaging JSON in one window pane. So there's there are some more technical edges to it, but it's also very easy to get started and go, put this here. Make it do this. I know Joe Davis did a demonstration at CreatorCon last October, where he made a modal pop-up with inputs, took those inputs and applied them to the record with no scripting. Now you can't say that for the old standard platform UI about modals at all. <laughs> that was that oh, just wasn't so a true. thing. <laughs> that wasn't a thing. So I'm looking no, forward you can't. to yeah, I'm looking forward to really building that experience and building those quickly uh, with that type of development. This isn't. This isn't putting uh, sugar coating or putting Fisher Price handles on everything. It's really accelerating the way to get these experiences done quickly. So that's that's what I love about it.
1: Yeah, it really does have quite a bit of depth to it, and uh, we're going to be building uh, a lot of enablement uh, for UI Builder over uh, the coming weeks uh, for you, our awesome ServiceNow developers. Um, so it is pretty easy to get started in UI Builder, but there is a lot of depth there to build those really powerful experiences. Um, so we will we will be continuing to enhance uh, UI Builder mm-hmm. um, and simplifying some of the things uh, that you'll have to do uh, to to build the experiences you want in Quebec. But it is a really good uh, first release on. Uh, delivering the power of now experience um, to to the developers to actually start building these experiences um, in the way that that we've really uh, wanted to see. So I'm I'm so stoked about Quebec. I think that's enough of of UI Builder uh, because we want to we want to see it and touch it and play <laughs> with it. Uh, I I'm just one final footnote
0: on that and this. Feels like a very solid release to me because of that work we did with the partners, because of the work we did with the internal people. They have literally been beating on this, building real applications, real workspaces, real UIs out of this for the last, what, eight, 10 weeks. So it's got some mileage behind it. This is a probably one of the best QA processes I've ever seen, aside from building labs at knowledge,
1: <laughs> that, that
0: exercises what we need to do and uh, addressing it.
1: Um, Speaking of those custom components, though, um, another Quebec uh, new feature that I want to touch on Mm -hmm. uh, was released to the store just yesterday, which is our new command line interface, uh, so CLI. Um, So the old ones was specifically for building those custom components for now experience. The new CLI that was just released uh, is going to do that plus more. What? What's more, you ask? Yeah, I asked that. <laughs> Is uh, it's going to allow you to do uh, interactions from your ServiceNow instance uh, to your local command line? So, and those will be configurable and extendable. So, there's a pairing app in your ServiceNow instance yep. that you can set up commands and back those up with uh, you know uh, functions and and. And actions um, that you can invoke from the CLI and that will perform actions in your ServiceNow okay. instance. So, so it's it's really a pairing module between those two.
0: We had we had two before. One was specifically for building custom components, and the other one was specifically for. Uh, we showed this in December, I think it was on Live Coding Happy Hour. We showed a preview of it. The the the, the second CLI was for hitting those rest apis and triggering something to happen in the instance which is kind of cool when you think about it you could do your uh you know entire pipeline hitting the cicd apis from a command line so if you're a unix scripter hey have fun writing a shell script and making things go but uh, now they're one
1: they're unified they are unified um and that that's pretty neat so you will be able to do things like you just said which is you know, set up a command, um, you know, in your ServiceNow instance that you can invoke uh, from your CLI on your local instance. And that'll allow you to do things like connect that to a build chain in, uh, you know, VS Code to allow you to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can pair that with our VS Code extension, um, which allows you to work on your ServiceNow stuff in, VS code locally, and you could do something, for example, like have a build button um, there in VS code, which would execute one of those commands from the CLI, which could then do something like promote your code from your dev instance to your test instance. Faster, faster, when more you're... work, faster, faster. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the cycle, right? <laughs> we always we always want to constantly be improving and, and getting better and, and accelerating what we're doing, so. Uh, these tools are, are a nice way to, to start that process. Well,
0: you mentioned some of the dev at scale, the CI/CD stuff. Wanted to give a shout out to that. The CI/CD API now has batch install. So you can do multiple things at once rather than saying, go deploy this. And when it's done, go deploy the second piece. I mean, you could even have your dependencies lined up that way, but you could put them all in one batch and make one API call to do those. And it will give you, a response with the ID and then you can check what the status is. So there's other other API calls that you can make to keep an eye on that. But I thought the batch install one was was a nice enhancement as well.
1: Absolutely. So over the course of the last year so from Orlando to Paris to now in Quebec, um, that Devit Scale team has really looked at, you know, how can we automate and enhance the ServiceNow, uh, you know, build process Uh, for our developers and uh, sort of move towards doing more, uh, you know, source control based um, and CI CD building pipelines processes. And the batch install is, is one of the, the new ways uh, to do that. So there's both an API and a subflow, Mm -hmm. um, which if you're familiar with the the other enhancements uh, for the, the pipeline stuff, those were all being deployed the same way, which is, you know, they're backed by, uh, you know, a REST API and the ability to just start leveraging them with with subflows and actions, um, which if you're a ServiceNow developer, you should be looking at and using Flow Designer and Integration Hub um, to do things like that. Um, The the one other thing from Dev at Scale that I wanted to mention um, was uh, a reminder that in Paris, we added the ability to uh, link those global apps to source control. I know where you're
0: going with this one. I was just gonna, uh, yeah, keep going.
1: And <laughs> and leverage those CI, CD yep. tools. But the next step after that is being able to, to work on those ServiceNow scoped apps, um, yeah. like for example, security operations, Um, that you haven't previously been able to open up in studio and then be able to leverage source control Mm -hmm. with those Uh, so that is uh, available in quebec now as well Um, and that that's going to be you know really helping us uh, complete that journey from uh, only having to use update sets to uh, being able to use source control uh, pretty much anywhere you want in the platform so that you can have that unified experience as a developer to just do it one way, which Uh, is in studio with source control. Have you played with this at all? Uh, Have I played with the ability to open up those scoped apps in studio? No, I I actually haven't.
0: I I did. Um, And I discovered something. It is up to the author of the original app, whether or not you're allowed to do that. So I just randomly said, hey, let's open up this ServiceNow scoped app or this one I got from the store. And it said, no, you can't. It's not allowed on this app. And I did a little reading in the documentation and there is an attribute within the application. I forget if it's in SysApp yeah, yep, or SysApp scoped. There's, or a,
1: there's a field in the SysApp yep. app
0: says, I'm going table. to allow people to modify this. Now, the, the the flip side is if you can modify that and you make those changes, you then, when you go to install those, let's say you publish it through the app repo, And you say, I don't know if it's CSM, if CSM is available. I didn't check that one specifically. But you you make your changes to CSM and you publish it. It says, all right, you're running CSM 2.3.0 base. And you've made a modification you called 2.3.5. You can then choose which patch of yours you put onto the base product. And it will guide you to the right base release and your patch. But of course, you can always override it if you want to say, no, 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 this one really goes on 1.2. You know, I'm going to put a 2.3.5 patch on a 1.2. You can do that if you really force it. It, it will warn you and say, hey, maybe that's not such a good idea. So the the, the the key point is not all apps are modifiable in Studio. And when you do get one, that is, you can manage it. You understand. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, what did we call that application? We're encouraging
1: all of the ServiceNow-based scoped apps to allow that.
0: Yes. Let's get there. Maybe I just checked a little too early and they, they weren't all flipped. Uh
1: we do have Yeah, some... I don't think they're all available in Quebec, but uh we are moving towards that.
0: Excellent. Death to update sets. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be sorry to see that one go. When's the last time you used an update set personally?
1: Um recently, in fact. Mm. Uh I I tend to not use them, um, but uh, there are some cases where it's just easier to move a couple of files uh, quickly between instances by using an update set. Um, so for my standard dev practices for like our our, our tooling, I don't use update sets. I use source control. But sure. uh, occasionally uh, moving things uh, between the number of instances we have uh, and, and doing it at one time is a is, it's easy to just throw four (laughs) things in an update set and export that. Now you mentioned Uh, flow Designer, probably this year. You
0: mentioned flow Designer, and I, I I need a specific sound effect or something to go with flow designer because, um, we've got some nice enhancements. Once again, it's been out since Kingston, which is now three years ago. Look, if you're (laughs) not looking at flow designer by this point, I'd say your job is in jeopardy.
1: Yeah. Flow designer is, uh, definitely, uh, coming like it it is a mature and awesome tool um, at this point I, I just love working in flow designer uh, if you've caught you know any of the gazillion uh, videos that we have done mm-hmm. using flow designer uh, you could probably see it on my face I just love working in flow designer uh, it is is such a great tool and with Quebec um, it got a nice uh, rescan um, for so the It looks a little more polished uh, and and it's got some uh, slight um, UI elements that make it more clear when you're doing things like nested groups um, and, uh, you know, how you do decision trees and things. So the visualization uh, layer definitely got a great overhaul in Quebec. We even have
0: one feature for those diehard stalwarts who refuse to give up legacy <laughs> workflow just because we didn't have a scratch pad. Well, we're here to tell you, you can let go of that umbilical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So flow variables uh, are now available in Quebec. Um, I know uh, it has been a thing that I have been uh, waiting for and begging Amen. Uh, to, to, to happen. Um because there's just there's just so many times where you know having a, a storage space that persists across your your execution uh, is really important, and so those flow variables um, to you know sort of take the kind of place of the scratch pad um, is is going to be uh, unlocking lots of um, things for me personally in flow designer where I've had to work around that limitation. Uh, so I'm, I'm so excited about flow variables.
0: We got a, a couple new actions. One is the record producer action. It may not seem that significant on the surface, but when you're building a flow that needs to produce a record based on a record producer, you know, record producers whole claim to fame is simplified input for the end user when they see something in the catalog. This is one of the things that I fell in love with when I was a customer getting our first demo. I said, holy explicative here. You can open an incident and only have to fill in three fields? You know what we have to do today on our old tool? It was like 17, and there was a category and a subcategory and a product. And it's like there were four categorizations, and I was always filling out other, 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 other. Yeah. <laughs> it was It was just totally annoying. So record producers, love them to death. Great way to create a record from a simple UI. In your flow, you may need to do that. At some point, because you say, uh, I've reached this point in the flow, I made a decision that we need to open a safety issue or an order or whatever it happens to be. You, You can pick any regular record producer that's already been built in Flow Designer, and it will fill in the flow variables in context. So if this particular flow has three fields called item, part number, and supplier... That's what will show up when you pick that record producer. You change the drop down to another one, and it says location and employee. You know, it it it's that it's context aware, and it makes it really easy to just drop in and say, "I need to create a record," rather than going to create or create or update record actions and building your own. I'm going to start using this a lot more when I have a record producer on the other side helping me out.
1: It does sound like a really powerful tool. And speaking of powerful tools. Um, one thing that you might notice as a developer um, using Flow Designer and Integration Hub um, is that there are a lot of options, and um, that might be uh, something that uh, you know is intimidating, uh, especially for a newer user. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if you're, you know, if you have some junior developers or some citizen developer programs uh, that that you're working on at your uh, company. An organization, uh, you can look at a Paris feature, um, which I just want to hit on again yeah. since we're on Flow Designer, which is the content filtering. Um, so what that does is it allows, you know, the the main administrator of the system to set some content filtering in Flow Designer to narrow down uh, for different users with different roles uh, what parts of Flow Designer are available to them. Uh so for example if you've got uh, an HR admin building flows you may not want to allow them access to for example the active directory spoke right um because that's for your IT developer and so you can filter those out with those content filters um so that's a, a powerful tool uh to help uh, allow and manage um, the the vast number of things that are in Flow Designer.
0: Good reminder. Uh, yeah, it, it it's a bit like user criteria, only for mm-hmm. the actions and the logic and the subflows that you present to these people. Because let's face it, 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 we are getting a lot of stuff in there, and it can be a bit daunting, especially to a new person. And we want more of these citizen developers coming on board to build out the apps, build out the flows, maintain them. But if they're faced with this menu of 134 actions and that's just the top level menu and each one of those has five to 15 things under it. They're going to go, I have no idea where to go. Yeah. So yeah, let's, let's help them and guide them and put some guardrails around that with the content filtering. Anything, I know we both love our integrations, anything in integration
1: hub you want to get into? So integration hub has got uh, some, some nice features. We, we have a ton of spokes Um, that we created over the past year that are available on the store and you can get them directly in your instance. Um, And so there's over 120 of those now. And more coming. And more (laughs) coming. But as you're building your own integrations, um, a lot of times what you need um, is when you're, uh, you know, you can build those incoming integrations um, and in Flow Designer, you can now, leverage incoming rest triggers and so when you're (laughs) when you're building a uh a new uh integration point um what that'll do is it'll set up a scripted rest api for you that will invoke um, the object that you want to invoke in flow designer so uh you could already do that yourself in paris and before and i've done it Mm -hmm. uh, but now it just does that for you uh and that that's really just that quality of life and and making it that one step easier to do and leverage these things in in the manner that you know is the best best uh practice way
0: all right andrew i'm gonna we're gonna wrap it up here before we go where would you recommend somebody get started if they're just getting into ServiceNow? And then we'll we'll talk about Quebec real fast. Where would you recommend the new people check out the Quebec feature? So new person starting, I get this at least a few times a week. Where should I go to start learning?
1: Absolutely. So developer.serviceNow.com uh, is is my first stop shopping. Um, so from there, you can get uh, a personal developer instance. You can do the Uh, learning uh, plans that we have on the developer site. Mm -hmm. And it's also a a jumping off point to take you to now learning and the community where you can get even more training from now learning and and certifications and the community uh, to uh, ask questions and read other uh, responses. And then um, our developer blog is also uh, there on the developer site so that that's my home base um, for new and existing developers
0: where would they go to get the new quebec information
1: right in developer.servicenow.com again is all of our learning content is updated for quebec uh right now uh, as we speak it is available for you on there um, as well as the product documentation so docs.servicenow.com uh, has has also been updated and released with all of those Quebec goodness.
0: And watch the blog and live coding happy hour and just everything on the developer portal in the next few weeks. We are going to be rolling this out in phases, so keep coming back. Or we have an RSS feed, right?
1: We do have an RSS Let's, feed if on you, the blog. If you
0: want to subscribe to that, go get that information and have it delivered to you. And you go oh. Here's an article I want to check out on the Integration Hub REST feature and how it worked with pictures. Oh, here's something on the new mobile. We didn't even touch on mobile in this episode. We ran a little long, but we will have content on that coming out in the upcoming videos, in Live Coding Happy Hour, live stream. In, it's coming. This is There's a lot to cover, and it's going to take us weeks and weeks and weeks. Pretty much in the weeks. rest of Q1 to get you up to speed on everything you got cool in this new uh package from Santa Claus <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you for joining us before we go let them know how they can contact you
1: absolutely so uh, developer.servicenow.com uh, at, at the blog there is a, is a great way uh, to get in touch with me um, SN devs the ServiceNow developer slack is another great place to find me I, I'm AJB there and then on LinkedIn, Uh, It's uh, Andrew Jason Barnes. And on Twitter, it's Andrew J. Barnes.
0: Shouldn't be hard to find you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget, check out the other ServiceNow podcast. There are several of them. You can find them all at community.servicenow.com under the resources menu. Subscribe to this podcast for free and get it automatically delivered to you. I know a number of you are still listening by going to bit.ly slash sn break point. And listening right on the web, that's cool and all, but if you've got yourself a mobile device, and I'm pretty sure all of you do, you can have it automatically delivered to you so you wake up in the morning and go, it's been delivered to me. Check that out. Thank you again, Andrew, so much for sharing with us today, and we'll talk to you again soon. Oh,
1: thank you, Chuck. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the
0: ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening.